0: what's going on team welcome to the basic podcast episode 99 99 we're almost at 100 um it was the night before christmas it's christmas eve dropping this one on christmas eve and tomorrow's christmas day that's usually what it means when it's christmas eve means tomorrow's christmas how's everyone going uh we've got a triple threat for you today well i've got a triple threat for you today uh three subjects one doms i got asked the other day about how to uh Recover from DOMS, DOMS being delayed onset of muscle soreness or to not get as bad of DOMS. But uh, yes, yeah, so I thought that'd be an interesting one to dive into because I'm sure everyone gets sore after training. Uh, the CrossFit Open, there's been some changes to that. So I figured that'll be a, a discussion. I'd let you guys know what's going on there in case you haven't heard. And then uh, a little bit of an insight and kind of a shout out to a guy I work with, Phil Phil uh, Gillard, who you will mostly know with if your if you're morning crew, mostly you know, Phil. Um the other day I put a question out on Instagram about programming. If anyone had any questions about the programming and the process and me and Phil got to talking about the process for his programming. And then I was just going to share the question cause I thought it was a good answer. and It was a good story to share. And then as I started typing out on Instagram, it became a longer, longer answer. like this is never going to fit into an Instagram post. So then I figured I'd just drop it into this week's B3 pod. Uh, and I can go a little bit deeper on that. So, um, We'll save that onto until last. Let's get the doms out of the way first, just cause this is a quick one. And I'm sure uh, everyone has worked out before and been sore afterwards, or they've done a workout where the next day they were like, man, I can barely sit down. My legs are really sore. Uh, still happens to me, still happens to me all the time. And we do a lot of wall balls. You do a lot of movements that are usually high rep or faster or more dynamic things like thrusters, things like wall balls that require really fast contractions. Um, they usually leave you pretty sore or a lot of single leg stuff like lunges always get me if you do a lot of walking lunges or a lot of lunges they'll always get you really sore Um, or anything that's pretty much high rep so if you do lots of pull-ups which again is isolating small muscle groups, but with very dynamic movement so kipping pull-ups they'll get you quite sore as well Um, firstly before you get into how you can help recover them which there is no really any secret recipe by the way um, is don't go searching for DOMS like It's not a badge of honor that you need to go and chase. You shouldn't be trying to get sore of your training. Getting sore is not the aim. Being sore is cool because it means you've worked and your body's repairing and recovering from training. So if you are sore, it just means you've worked hard so you've earned that soreness. But it shouldn't be the goal. You shouldn't be trying to go out and trying to get sore from training because if you get sore from training, then you have to recover from that training and then you're probably not going to, be able to train hard the next day. If you're going out there and intentionally trying to get sore, then you're doing you're yourself a disservice really. You're, you're chasing the wrong thing. You should be trying to push yourself hard or trying to focus on the intent of the workout or trying to push yourself hard and achieve some goal within that training session. And if you end up being sore from that, then it just means you worked, but you shouldn't intentionally be trying to make yourself sore. So you wake up the next day and you are sore Well, not in the next day, the same day. Uh, Just standard recovery protocols will help speed up the process. So if you eat well, if you hydrate and you sleep, those are probably the main ones, getting good sleep or good quality sleep and not just the duration but actually good quality sleep. You can uh, increase your ability to recover, which will reduce the amount of soreness you experience, uh, enough food to help recover and then just being hydrated. Those are the main ones. And then the next day, I think a really key one is people don't train if they're too sore. Like people, I was going to come, but I was too sore. You should definitely do something. You don't have to come and do another workout, but walk in, um, get out and move, come in and sit on the bike and just move the legs a little bit, get some blood flow or do some kind of like flow movement stuff, some very low impact training. Some kind of like bear crawl stuff or just some like ground-based mobility work, um, don't try, Don't. I wouldn't recommend loads of rolling and stretching, but I would say movement stuff like uh, mobility work, or if you know what animal flow is, that type of stuff that will take you through uh, ranges of motion and through kind of like joint articulations and stuff like that, that will help. Uh, but I don't think you should be chasing or doing like aggressive stretching, aggressive run. I don't think that will help too much personally. Uh, so that's Dom's. Next one, we'll cross that off. Next one, uh, CrossFit Open. Those of you that are interested in CrossFit may have heard that the CrossFit Open structure for the the next year, the 2021 season has changed. Um, if you're not into CrossFit, this bit's going to be a little bit boring for you, so I'll keep it quick. But if you are into CrossFit, then what they've done is they've gone back to more like the old style in terms of like the second level after the Open and the how people get to the CrossFit games. That's changed a little bit. But what's the most important change that will affect us in the gym or anyone doing CrossFit in uh doing the cross for open they've changed it from a five-week competition to a three-week competition so instead of having to do the the qualify the open workouts over five weeks and giving up five weekends and stressing and and worrying about getting not training on thursday and missing out on training because you're resting so you can get your redo done is when you got that for three weeks now instead of five so in the gym um we'll be doing the cross for open or on the weekends i'm not sure the exact date but we've still got a while they've also moved Moved it back a couple of weeks. It's now the second week of March or March the 11th is the first workout, so we've got a bit more time. So we'll release dates and info closer to the time. But it's only a three-week open. We will be doing it on the weekends. Um, we are gonna do some open prep stuff separate from the base programming. So if you're following base programming and you want to do some more CrossFit specific preps stuff in preparation for the open listen out for stuff that we're going to announce in the next couple of weeks because we are going to do an open prep camp to help you guys prepare and get some more focused skill work get some of the skills down um go through the a couple of tips on how to prep how to strategize how to uh, approach workouts how to execute in the day talk about things like transitions and barber cycling and bar muscle ups and handstand walks and doing these movements in workouts and not just practicing the movement so keep your ears peeled for that uh we'll drop some more information on that soon Uh, Moving forward past the CrossFit Open, it's interesting they've gone back to what sounds like more of a regional format as well, which if if you're new to CrossFit or you don't care about CrossFit, you probably don't know that they used to, the second stage of the CrossFit Games was uh, what we call regionals, which was kind of like a, a a geo, what's what I'm looking for, like based on location. So there was Middle East Africa regions basically um, and then they changed that and they went to sanctionals, which was just kind of like random competitions dotted across the world where you could go and qualify for the games. It sounds like they're bringing it back to closer to that regional format. I just feel like that's way more exciting. It used to be way more exciting to go to watch regionals and qualify through that route. It was a bit more organized. I feel like it was a bit more of a sport than it was. It kind of got a bit chaotic with all the all the events. There were some really cool events. Well, in fact, all the events are really cool independently but it just kind of didn't make sense as a pathway to the game so hopefully a bit more structure in the season will make more interesting viewing of the crossfit games and the last exciting thing is uh the affiliate cup so that means now gym if you're going to send a team to the crossfit games you have to be from the same gym so what they did in the last couple of years is they opened that up so you could be what they call a super team so anyone in any continent can join together and create a team and you can send the team to the games Whereas now they've all got to be from the same gym. So that kind of makes it a bit more accessible for smaller affiliates who don't have superstar athletes on the team. So we're going to, we're going to get a base team to whatever the regionals looks like. We're, we're going to Madison. Um, so yeah, that's something exciting to train for, for the next couple months, I guess. And it's kind of cool to have with all the chaos of 2020 to and have no competitions for the last, I don't know how many months to actually have something to look forward to competing, even if it just stays as an online thing, that makes it pretty exciting. It's kind of got me geared up and excited to train again. So next couple of weeks, look out for information on that. Hopefully we can spread some excitement through the gym and get people pumped up to be training for the CrossFit Open, whether that's just a purely recreational, something to train for it's something you're interested in, you want another goal, or you're actually serious about trying to improve your score on the leaderboard or get to a second stage of a competition. I will talk more about it later. I realize I just did a couple of minutes on it then, but I'm probably going to do another episode on that when we get close to the date, just to explain it in a bit more detail. And my last one that I want to speak about today is uh, the process of programming. I'm going to use Phil as an example because um, everybody's different. And then the process of programming for a program, like a group, I can, I'll can i probably do that on a different episode. So if I program like base or we do rise or there's a a group program that's going to be different from if you were approaching it as a for an individual versus um a group versus individual and every individual is going to be different so the process from start to finish looks like a conversation so you'll have a conversation with uh, the individual what are your goals what are your limitations what are you uh what are, what are your Yeah, what are your goals? What are your limitations? What do you struggle with? What's the biggest problem you have? Why can't you get to, why do you feel you've not been able to achieve what it is you want to achieve? And then from there, start mapping out a process using kind of like, we say using a scientific approach, but kind of using stuff that we know as in like testing and benchmarks to create some parameters to build a framework that you can then start plotting off. And then you do that to start with, but after that it becomes very intuitive because it's based on feedback from the person who you're training and based on um, the results of the training. So, the initial process will be like we'll do some, we'll do an assessment. If you don't test, you don't know what it is you're working towards, or you don't know where you're starting, you don't know where you're going. An assessment may will be, we have stand, I have standard templates um, and like scientific based fitness tests like. Uh, a 400 run and a mile run and a back squat test with a, a neuromuscular efficiency test afterwards and all these different things that give us very scientific results. And very, I say scientific, it's more, it's very data-driven results and very data-driven training because we're using actual numbers versus just guesswork, which I think is very important. But at the same time, is once you've done that phase is you can take the results and maybe on the day, that person had a really poor testing day or a really good testing week. So the results are either really good or really bad. So the percentages in the, the programming that you've done for that based on those results may not be 100% accurate. So you've got to be flexible and keep everything. Um, you've got to be adaptive. You've got to be able to adapt based on feedback. So with Phil specifically, um, we spoke about, and I spoke to Phil already, he's happy for me to share some information. We spoke about what it is was most important to him and and he originally came to me and said he's trying to lose weight and he's looking at um i can't remember the actual number i think it was something like six kilos he was trying to lose and he'd been doing a bunch of nutrition work before and it wasn't really working even though he was sticking to what it was he was supposed to be doing he was hitting his macros and he was being very strict and very disciplined with it but it just wasn't working one of the main things so everything I just said about the programming was all like the the data driven and the training side of things and then kind of my whole point of this conversation is that it came down to a conversation discussing what was most important to Phil and then all the data stuff didn't really matter as much as this conversation because we were just having a conversation it was based around um, energy and kind of like I took it as stress and stress can be anything, right? Stress doesn't discriminate, it can be physical, it could be like your job, it could be your family, it could be your relationship, it could be financial, it could be uh, anything and it could be good stresses like training. So at the time Phil was training really hard, doing uh, base group sessions every day, um, quite a stress stressful job and then obviously handling things like family and all these other things that he's got to balance. And then during this conversation, it just sounded to me like, okay, Phil's going through like all these different things, trying to manage all these things. And then one of the goals of his training was to lose weight. So we look at being in a very high stress state and then trying to lose weight is probably not going to happen because the body's trying to manage all these different hormone levels because everything's high stress. So it's probably not going to be in an optimal position to to achieve the aesthetics and all the, the training goals that he wanted to. So what could we control? We can't really change his job. We can't really change his family state, but we can control the training. So we took him out of the group environment and we said, we're going to do some one-on-one training, uh, some programming, individual-based programming. And the first thing we did is removed him from that high-intensity training environment. Because if you're trying to lose weight, you will. a lot of people come to the conclusion that you just have to train really hard and smash yourself. That's probably not the best way to change your body composition. If you want to change your body composition, you need to... Uh, be doing a bunch of resistance training, so that's strength training. You need to be limiting how much high-intensity work we're doing because that's going to create more stress, which won't create a positive response from the body. So we took him out of uh, doing too many CrossFit workouts, doing like one group session a week, one slightly longer cardio session a week, and then one uh, short workout piece. So only three workouts a week compared to the six that he was doing. And the rest of the training was majority um, core uh, stability and movement stuff and then primarily strength training and we added in one more thing we added in as well was once a week uh, on a rest day uh, 30 40 minute walk with no uh, no technology so no podcast and no training and now I've just kind of waffled on about for training for the last I don't know five minutes but my point is that the the process to get from point A to point B was analyzing what it is we want to achieve and then looking at um, what we have, what we're working, what we've been doing, what hasn't worked and what we want to achieve. And then working backwards for that and t- playing with pieces, removing one piece, did that have a uh, an effect? Yep, call cool, that work. We can continue using that protocol or uh, this isn't working, we can change that in. And the w- one reason it's worked so well, and I say it works so well, Phil's made amazing progress in the gym uh, with his training and also physically as well he's pretty much achieved the weight loss goals that he wanted to achieve even though that wasn't a priority of the training program but his uh, like body fat metrics are trending in the right direction he's making amazing progress that way but also he's saying he's much happier with work and he's finding it easier to be much more positive at work and everything else is going really well and that's just a byproduct of pulling him out of the high stress environment that was the group training so that's the progress but the reason this works so well is uh, kind of me being intuitive with the training responding to feedback but the main reason is is because I had so much feedback from Phil so he'd say uh, every day on the training app he'd put back in this felt good this felt good this was easy this wasn't easy and the more feedback the more communication we had the easier it was for us to kind of go down that route and and change and adapt if we needed to and be intuitive with the training so using a lot of data driven a lot of science to come up with a structure to plan the training but primarily it was Um, being fairly intuitive with the training and just looking at how's Phil looking today how's he feeling, is he saying he's tired is he feeling he's happy, has he got loads of energy cool we can work a little bit harder the next day I could talk about this stuff for ages and it probably won't make much sense for much longer so I'll stop right there a couple more things to look forward to we are at the end of the year uh, and we are this is episode 99 So the next one's episode 100 what we're going to do for episode 100 is we're going to review and pull lessons from the last 99 episodes and um, highlight the what I think are the, the best topics or the best guests and the best takeaways that we can from the episodes and compiles into one super episode. And then episode 101, which will be in the new year, we're going to do a goal setting one. Um, I think a lot of people with the start of the year and, and not necessarily resolutions, but it's a good time to reflect on your goals and do goal setting, which we have spoke about before, but we're just going to go through, come up with some exercise and practices that you can use Uh, to kick off the new year. That's all I've got for your team. Have an amazing Christmas and then we'll speak to you next week. Peace.